Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1043. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the women of racing. Fear is a state of mind and will is an action taken. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Shay Holbrook. Hey, Shay, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? <laughs> I absolutely am, Mark. All right. You've heard that a few times before, no doubt. Shay Holbrook is the co-owner and race car driver at Team SR. She's spent over 10 years on the track and is a nationally recognized race car driver running in the SCCA Club Racing, NASCAR Late Models, IndyCar's Developmental Ladder Series, at Skip Barber Racing to professional sports car racing in the Pirelli World Challenge and the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series. Oh my gosh, you are a busy lady. Shay grew up as a nationally ranked competitive water skier, so competition is part of her DNA. She became a part of the True Cars Women Empowered Initiative, and she was recognized by the Women's Sports Foundation, earning the Women in the Winner's Circle Project Podium Grant. Currently, she's driving in her touring car division in a Honda Accord V6 Coupe. Shay lives by her quote, fear is a state of mind, will is an action taken. I love that. Shay, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your racing career and a very obvious passion for driving really fast? Well, yeah, I appreciate the introduction. Um, it's always nice when somebody uh, has a an intro for you ready to go, and because it's always a, and it's always an awkward time when you're introducing yourself. Um, but I, I do appreciate it. Oh, of course, um, you're welcome. Some, do, do you have some exciting news? As I've been very fortunate to have had the the ten year career that I have in motorsports, starting very very much so from the bottom up. Um, I don't really have the the traditional conventional story upbringing in motorsports. Motorsports essentially started with me. Um, I did a NASCAR experience when I was 16 years old and at Daytona International Speedway. And that's what got me turned on to the bug of motor racing. But the extent of what I knew of motor racing was I knew what NASCAR was and I knew who Jeff Gordon was. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, that's that all you was, need to know, was, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to know somebody, you might as well know who Jeff Gordon is. And, yes. and, that, and if that's it, so, you know, I, I just didn't have a conventional upbringing. It started with me. Um, luckily, my parents were in support of it, but we come from, you know, I came from a military family. I don't come from an affluent background. And mm-hmm. and so a lot of the tools in which I needed to kind of get up and going, I didn't have, and I had to figure out a way. Yep. Well, luckily with, you know, grit and determination and, you know, surrounding yourself around really good people and asking questions and listening got me to where I am today. And I'm very fortunate to have now I actually just competed in my first season opener of the 2018 uh, Lamborghini Super Trofeo uh, championship. So, so this year I'll be racing full season in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo with a new team called uh, PPM, Precision Performance Motorsports. Wow. And uh, my, my co-driver and I, Martin Barkey, uh, we finished second and fourth at Mid-Ohio just a couple weeks ago. Whoa. Well, congratulations. This is all so cool. And, you know, not only are you fast behind the wheel, but you're very smart because you've just listed off some of the golden nuggets that are keys to to success, having grit, surrounding yourself with the right people, being determined, having persistence and tenacity. Yeah, that's all it takes. 
right? It sounds pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's it, not. Doesn't it make it sound easy? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and we know it's not. But I, I really appreciate you mentioning all those things because they are so important. And I, that's why I wanted to have you as part of this special week of the tribute to the women in racing, because I love stories like this where you just came up from kind of out of nowhere and you had to do it all yourself. And of course, you've got a team around you that help and all that. But you didn't come with a big giant checkbook like sometimes people do, which makes things a little bit easier. They still got to have the talent, though. But it sounds like you've got it all. Well, as we continue on this journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. I mentioned one of your quotes when I introduced you. So yeah. maybe maybe that's the one, but I want you to elaborate on it. So Shay, take the wheel. Yeah, sure thing. Um, and you did, and you really hit the nail on the head. I'm not shy of competition and what I refer to as like extreme sport. I grew up a nationally ranked competitive water skier. And as I said, you know, my parents are very involved in my entire life and upbringing from water skiing to you know, high school to college to automobile racing to starting businesses, et cetera. And when my dad and I were thinking of like, you know, something to kind of, you know, hit home for us and just something that when times were tough, you know, what are we going to say to each other? Because we needed something to say. Um, and if anybody that has gone through a motor racing career knows that, it, you know, it, the the elevation change, the the roller coaster of emotions can be brutal. And And so that was fear is a state of mind. And will is an action taken. And I say that and I use that. And I think it's so relatable to anybody in any situation, whether you're in, you know, the professional ranks or the amateur ranks of motor racing, or maybe you're a young female playing soccer um, and has aspirations to be a professional soccer player. Or maybe you're um, a business savvy woman in tech. Um, Maybe you're an engineer that is looking for an engineering job. I mean, fear could be a, a multitude of things. It could be a physical barrier. It could be a mental barrier. It could be an opportunity barrier. It could be a financial barrier. And having and being fear, fearful is, I think, in some ways, a good thing because it kind of keeps you grounded. It keeps you alive. It keeps you hungry. And it keeps you, you know, wanting wanting more and, and wanting to achieve more. Goal setting is a great thing. But you really got to have the willpower to back that up. You got to have the will and the drive to get through, you know, the ruts and and the financial lows and the emotional lows. Um, you've got to have that willpower, pun intended, being that willpower just <laughs> yes. to Indianapolis 500. Yes. <laughs> nice job, Mr. Power. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have that will and determination to kind of get out of that because nobody's going to believe in you more than you. And you really, truly got to believe that you're capable and you got to believe that you can be put in those positions or create those opportunities to have that success. So that's what I love is fear is a state of mind. Will is an action taken. Yeah, I've got a huge smile on my face right now for a couple of reasons, Shay. One is my father taught me the acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, is false evidence assumed real. And you just defined yep. it really nicely. It is a state of <laughs> mind. And while you might be standing on the edge of a cliff and you know not to step off, that's a different kind of fear we're talking about here. But the other thing that makes me smile is I married a really intelligent woman 34 years ago who grew up in a military family. My wife, Jill, her uh, father was in the Marine Corps for 33 years. And I think there's something about growing up in a military family, and it sounds like you have a great relationship with your dad, that drive, determination, that discipline that's taught in the military of you just have to overcome your fears and power on through things. It sounds like all those things came together really nicely for you. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that too, because a lot of people that don't know that, like, I mean, I don't, I don't come 
from like a military background myself, but I grew up in a military family. So well, of yeah. course there was a trickle down, there was a trickle down effect. Oh yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people will say to me, even when I'm coaching and like some of the people think I'm Italian because I use my arms a lot. I mean, for heaven's sake right now, I'm using my, <laughs> my hands. Yes. Just even the, the, um, like physical, like, like the, the hand gestures that I use is very, you know, military like yeah. and, yeah. um, and, and to the point and precise and, uh, and, and, and that is, you know, I feel very fortunate that I have like those characteristics thanks to my family because it does help you excel in business. It does ex- help you excel in the motor racing industry. And, um, you know, in, in motor racing, you're, it's so unlike other sports and that you don't get the opportunity to test and practice consistently. You know, you're lucky to be in a car once a month, if that. And you really, you have to have that type of those characteristics and that mentality to be able to, you know, you know, pull the trigger, um, so to speak, when, when you when have you to get out there and go, and, yeah. when you, and execute. So, yeah. And I think you said something, even though you weren't in the military yourself, growing up in a military family, you are in the military because you're sacrificing as well. So I appreciate your father's sacrifice, your family's sacrifice very, very much, especially coming off the tales of Memorial Day here in the United States. Well, let's have you share a story that instigated that passion for cars. You talked about that NASCAR experience that kind of launched the racing bug within you. But is there another pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car gal? You know, honestly, it was probably so I never really knew that I was a car gal. Uh, I, I, you know, just because I wasn't brought up around it. I can tell you, though, that at a very young age, I, I loved driving things. When, you know, I had my first, you know, you know, big three wheeler, you know, when you're three years old <laughs> so, yeah. and gosh, I love driving that thing around the pool. Probably not the safest thing in the world, but I was a daredevil from day one. Uh, yes. Um, you know, and I just, I loved, I loved driving things in, um, not that I knew that I had any kind of mechanical sense, which I'm not going to claim to fame because I don't have a mechanical sense. I do have an engineering sense. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. can take apart stuff, but I can't put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I always had this knack for like being in control of like a momentum type vehicle. Um, so whether that started when I was, you know, three years old and driving around my little tricycle, or maybe it was, you know, I'll never forget, you know, when I was growing up water skiing, uh, the, to get to the water ski lakes, um, there was a dirt road and at a very young age, probably as young as, you know, five in the beginning, my dad would put me in his lap. My mom would put me in her lap and, um, I would, I would hold the steering wheel. And then it got to the (laughs) point where I was, you know, big and tall enough where I could use the pedals and the steering wheel and still be in her lap. And then finally we eliminated the, the, sitting in the lap and here I am, my parents are in the right seat. So I was, I was driving on dirt roads and um, private property <laughs> um, <laughs> Good at, to know. at a young, yeah, at a young age. And um, I remember too, the day that my dad said, you know, let's, um, let's teach you how to drive the boat. And I could drive the boat at eight years of age, you know, the water sea boat over from one point of, of the lake to the other. And I would wait for him to come over to bring our ski equipment. And then, you know, and then it got to the point where I was driving the car by myself. So I always had this like passion for like being in control of a oh, piece yeah. of machinery. <laughs> um, you know, I felt for a long time, like it was driving you. And then when you understood the piece of machinery, like all of a sudden you were driving it in the car or the boat or whatever was an extension of you. <laughs> so I, I just think at a really young age, I remember all these, you know, 
and it didn't have anything to do with racing, but the, my racing story was probably the first time that I realized that I had the opportunity to be good at something. And it wasn't, it was pre-racing. It was doing high performance events when I was in, you know, the kind of the POS of the car in the group. And I was beating everybody uh, via lap time. Um, <laughs> cool. that, that was, that kind of gave me that thought process of like, wow, this is something I want to really pursue. And, and I hope to be better at it. Nice. Shay has a need for speed. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love sure. it. I love it. And the competitive water skiing, of course, uh, is just part of that competitive nature that I think is in your DNA. Well, I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way because you've jumped into owning a race car team, driving race cars, and oh my gosh, it, you can't pick too many more careers that are fraught with ups and downs than this, especially coming off this last weekend of the uh, Indy 500, the Monaco Grand Prix, and all the other races. You saw what can happen to people in an instant. Share with us one of these big failures or these big challenges you've gone through and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. You want just one failure? (laughs) (laughs) I love it when people answer like that because it's very honest and it's very gritty, but, uh, Let's just pick one that really kind of tested you a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, and I I like the fact that, you know, you point that out because, you know, everybody always, you know, first to, you know, talk about your accomplishments. And um, but sometimes like the path of how you got there and the failures you had to have to get there kind of goes unspoken. And I think, you know, failure is um, something not to be afraid of, because if you're if in some regards, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Mm. Shouldn't it shouldn't be easy. Nothing should be easy. I think, you know, and and I'll take, I'll take an example that was just last year and um, really kind of tore me up quite a bit. And I, and I don't need to go into too much detail because I got to be careful what I say here, but at the same time, I think it does need to be kind of just, it kind of needs to be discussed. And for people that know me know that last year was a very difficult year for me, both, um, you know, my own career, um, from a business perspective with Shea Racing and just trying to advance and elevate, like, you know, the team as a whole and the relationships that we were building and and those who were involved in those relationships Mm -hmm. um, and myself. Uh, But ultimately what ended up happening is you have a a grandiose plan and you're looking at it from 30,000 feet up in the air. And one thing that I've always, you know, I've always prided myself over being a big picture person and somebody that really enjoys, you know, giving back and, and doing things for the greater good of of people and not just yourself. And of course, you know, you're involved in that, but and just wanting to build, you know, owning a team and, and being a racing driver on that team is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, and it didn't really, it didn't really resonate with me until last year because we finally had some momentum where we uh, partnered with a manufacturer. And this was something that I was uh, striving for from a team perspective uh, for a very long time. And, we uh, we had some financial backing. We had um, an, an amazing amount of uh, technical support, and on all the stars just kind of seemed to be aligning in a lot of ways for the team as a whole. And yes, I knew I knew I was taking some of a back seat uh, in my own personal career, but at the same time, I was very fortunate in that, like I was still in a race car, I was able to drive, I was um, competing at a high level in the touring car divisions at Pirelli World Challenge. And I was looking at this as like a down the road, this is going to be great for the team. It's great for my business. It keeps bread and butter on the table. Uh, We're not getting rich doing this, but I don't need to be getting rich doing this. I want to enjoy the sport and the industry and be successful and make a name for ourselves. I want to elevate the the people that are are with us um, at the same time. 
and, and really prosper with them and, and help them prosper. And when I realized that maybe some of the people involved weren't the right people, um, mm-hmm. it was too late. And I think that, and I think that really just hurt me emotionally, hugely. I mean, it took a a massive toll on, um, on what a great year I was having too, because I mean, I had just, I was engaged last year and got married last year. And so I was really trying to, thank you. Thank you. And I was really trying to keep life in check, like keep the business balance in check and your emotions in check and still be a race car driver and still compete at a high level. And um, I, I think the, the biggest failure that I faced was the lack of realizing that things were going wrong in front of my own two eyes. And I don't blame it on anybody other than myself. And so to be, to feel, to have self failure and not to put it on blame on anybody, cause I don't, but just to not have recognized it sooner, or I felt very, I felt very conned. I felt very, you know, like how, like almost like, oh my God, I need to check myself. If oh, yeah. I, how could I have if missed this? Me, yeah. How could I have missed this? And, and then too, what really, what was, you know, a failing point was that, you know, just people that you're like, you know what, I don't have to explain myself because I don't want to feel like I'm asking somebody to referee um, a match uh, because that, because the, that person should, and that, in that company and entity should know who I truly am as an individual for how long of the relationship. And when I realized that it wasn't really working in my favor and the team's favor, that's when, you know, I had this self-doubt, self-failure and uh, really needed to kind of, and the sad part of it all, which actually was a huge blessing in disguise. And I didn't know it at the time was you got to be okay. When you're failing, you got to be okay to just pull the plug, hit the reset button and start over. And the moment that I did that and I started over, I found myself in the empathetic with Lamborghini Super Trofeo with a fantastic business partner. I was able to bring over my sponsors, Bubba Burger, Lucas Oil, and Cool Shirt Systems into a huge, awesome GT program that I have been longing for and desiring for 10 years. And I have finally been able to be positioned the way that I've always liked would have liked to, and now have this great momentum moving forward. So, you know, failure does bring a lot of, you know, troubles, but if you, it's not so much about how, it's not so much about like what you say after failing, it's what you do after failing. Mm, There you go. Awesome story. You know, I love this story in so many ways. And let me back you up just a little bit because Many times when we face these things in life, and once we've gone through them, we can sit back and analyze and learn from them. Is there anything that was occurring along the way that was giving you little, uh, the hair on the back of your neck standing up or something in your gut was going, something's going wrong, but you were ignoring it because of other factors? Is there a takeaway there you might share with somebody other than the reset comment, which is perfect? But is there another takeaway and, and the thing that I'm maybe fishing for here is sometimes we, we, we know in our gut something's not going right, but we ignore it because of all the other pluses that are combined with it. Or was it something else for you? You, you know, you bring up a good point. And it wasn't anything that I was ignoring because I, I was very aware once I realized what was happening, um, that it was happening. I think what I was trying to do was I was just like trying to be a bigger person, being the bigger mm. person. Mm-hmm. And and I think you always obviously want to be in, in hindsight and everything. You always want to be try try to be your best person and, and try to be the bigger person and, and 
and pick the battles, right? Like I'm, I'm a big believer in just like pick the battles that you want to win. You can't win all of them. I think the only thing that, you know, maybe I would have given myself the advice is that it's okay to be selfish at times. I think it's just having humility in being selfish. Mm. And I think standing up for yourself and what you believe in and what you've been working for a little bit more and in an appropriate tone. I wish I would have done that for myself during that time frame because I let it go because I just figured, you know, these couple people will, will see, they know, like, I mean, surely they know. And we'll, you know, I don't want to position this in a negative light. And um, it's hard to have those conversations at times. And I wish I, I honestly, I, I wish I would have because maybe things would have been different. But I don't like to feel like I have to stand up for for myself, especially with, with you know, the, the, the closeness of the relationship. But right. um, so in hindsight, in hindsight, I would say to, to myself and I and I would say to others is that it's okay to be, you know, humbly selfish. And it's okay to because that's what makes people successful. You know, you're very narrow focused and you're mm-hmm. very, you know, like I'm going to use that term grit, you know, you got to have the grit. Yep. Um, and sometimes you just need to, you know, reload and, um, and give it another shot. Wonderful story. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment, a time when the headlights come illuminate a new path, a new direction. And by the way, again, congratulations on this new ride with the Lamborghini. So awesome is that. So tell us about one of your aha moments that really stands out for you. I think I'll, I'll take this as my first real aha moment when I was younger and, you know, striving to go to take the, the right steps down the right path to a motor racing career and to bring it back to my good friend, Lynn St. James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lynn uh, had a fantastic program called Women in the Winter Circle. And I was, oh, my God, how old was I? I was probably 17. Yeah, I think I was probably 17. I sent in my application to be invited to be a participant in her organization, which was a select group. So if, you know, you know, I don't know, if 50 um, young women over the, you know, the course of the donation sent in their applications, Lynn and her colleagues, all specialty, whether it was like nutrition, you know, physical, whether it was data, whether it was marketing, she has just a roster of um, top level individuals per their direct, um, what they're involved in. And anyway, so they would pick, you know, up to 15 or whatever it was, uh, drivers to be selected. Well, I was lucky, lucky to be one of the drivers selected. I think my aha moment was was being a part of her first, the program that I was a part of, the Women in the Winter Circle, because Lynn really turned me on to understanding like what it was going to take as an athlete and as a business person. Yes, I realized that, you know, these were all key parts and tools that you needed in your toolbox, but I didn't understand, I didn't understand the true workload. And what I loved about Lynn's program was she provided us with tools. She provided us with key people in the industry that it was up to us after we left those three days to really make something of those tools. And um, through Lynn's program, you know, maybe, maybe I was one of the only ones because I can only, I can, I think I'm probably the only one of that graduating class that 10 years down the road has, has a motor racing career and, and a business out of it. Not just am I a racing driver, um, but I'm also a businesswoman in the industry and I work um, diligently on partnerships and um, B2B and B2C activations. And, and through the, that women in the winter circle, foundation and organization, did I have my aha moment on, you know, kind of shaping, definitely shaping who I am now. 
No doubt. Well, Lindsay James, my regular listeners will know, she was uh, my guest number 341 back in September of 2015. And uh, I've kept in touch with Lynn because of all the great things, including this program that you were involved with. So kudos to you. I mean, to get selected out of so many women in the industry and then to pare it down and then to do the follow through with not only racing, but owning a team. That's like being an actor and a director and a producer. A very hard thing to juggle, extremely difficult thing to juggle. So congratulations (laughs) again. A big shout out to Lynn, of course, for she's the one that was responsible for connecting us with this talk today. So I appreciate that very much. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car or even the very first really special race car you jumped into and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Oh gosh, um, this is a tough one, right? Because you're just like, man, what what do I pick? Um, (laughs) You know, if I had to, you know, if I had to pick my first, let's say, let's say all racing related, right? Um, So my, probably the the coolest car that we, uh, and I, I, you know, Mark, I'll tell you something that I don't, I mean, maybe a handful of people know, maybe oh, 10 people know. A scoop, okay. So circa, gosh, what was it, like two, circa 2013, okay? Okay. Um, this was the tail end of uh, my first big corporate sponsorship. And um, a company called TrueCar came about in my life and uh, made a, a massive impact on my racing career. At uh, the end of 2011, they approached me and um, we had a, a, a women's uh, female initiative, different ranks from sports cars to open wheel cars, um, a couple other ladies involved. It was an unbelievably fantastic experience for me in so many ways. I mean, I learned so much about the industry. I learned so much about the automobile industry, just learning about TrueCar.com and like dealers and how all this works. And I was really excited about the partnership and wanting to learn more. Plus, it was good sponsorship money. It was helping helping me stay in a race car and learn more and um, activate and, you know, again, put more tools in my toolbox. So at the tail end of that, relationship i had a i just stayed very well connected with these individuals and i said you know guys i i just wish i could do i wish i could do more with you external to this company and um they always said back to me gosh i mean we just we want to be able to help you as well it just our sponsorship has come to an end and i was in one of their offices one day mm-hmm. and there was a pro mazda star mazda back in the day uh, pro Mazda sitting on the showroom floor and I knew that it was the owners. I knew that they had maybe put the car on track a couple times and then it just became a showroom piece, but it was a perfectly good race car, um, open wheel car. So not really what I had been, not really what I had been focusing on. Um, but I looked at that because of my business experience in the industry, I looked at that car and said, uh, there's a couple things I could do with that car. If they were to give me that car, I could go race it. I could rent it out. I could sell it. Any of those options are going to help advance my career and or put money back into the business so that I can go back to advancing my career. Mm-hmm. So I talked to them into giving me this car. And here's the funny part about oh, the wow. story. Here's the funny part about the story. So the car as is or was, how it sat, was probably about a $55,000 race car, okay? So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's no chump change. It's still a good, still a good amount of money. Yeah. $55,000 race car. For the sake of business, and a giggle (laughs) we drafted (laughs) up i went to the office brought a trailer with my dad and we drafted up on a napkin a purchasing agreement and the and just for the giggle i bought the car for ten dollars i only had a 20 so i gave him a 20 didn't take the change back (laughs) and here i am 
walking out the door with a with a fifty five thousand dollar uh, Pro Mazda, barely been used yeah. Yeah. Uh, race car for twenty dollars. That's probably cow. the coolest. <laughs> That's probably the coolest car that I've ever owned. <laughs> uh, you know, if you ever come to my house, uh, I'm keeping my garage door locked. <laughs> I'm a little afraid of you. And now every car salesman on the planet is, is going to go running when you walk through the door. Oh, yeah, that's a- well, I don't I don't think that will ever be happening there. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. But, you know, again, to have the chutzpah to do that, I mean, to even put that whole thing together, that that's really a tribute to the way your mind thinks, not only jumping in the car, but all the business side. So. What an awesome story. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Is there a car you've sold or a race car that you wish you still had? Not really remorse, although I would like to purchase back the first car that I ever put on track, and that was my 98 Acura Integra. Mm-hmm. And it was the the first car that I raced in a professional um, race at World Challenge. We actually begged them to let us uh, enter the car. You know, car count was down. The economy wasn't very good in 2008, 2009. And, um, and I, and I just said, you know, I, I'll only bring it once. It's the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. It's essentially my home race. Um, we have a charity on board, Parent Project Muscular Dystrophy. You know, we want to raise some funds for the kids, for these Duchenne boys and their families. And we, we need some extra capital to also go racing. It was a really great relationship that we um, built with this charity. And uh, it was the only car that I had to, to compete in. So anyways, we, we competed at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, my first professional race. No way to start it out then on a freaking street course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> go for it. And, uh, and it just, and that car really resonates with me because that car meant so much, not just because of, you know, what we did with the car, but what the car, you know, what, what the car, how, how other people were able to prosper because of that. And I do, I believe I know where the car is and it's really, you know, it's not like it's really worth anything, but I just like to have it back. Just yeah, to have it back. There you go. I love it. Well, whoever owns it better lock their garage too. Otherwise they'll see that yeah, car drive are. away for yeah. 20 bucks or maybe less. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you you brought up a cause here because I know you're a fighter for finding the cure for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And I'd love for you to talk briefly about the importance of paying things forward through helping other organizations, helping people who are afflicted with this terrible disease. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I definitely can. I mean, not only does paying it forward make you feel very full in life, it, there's always a direct beneficiary. So whether it is a particular individual. So in, you know, this instance, it would be like a, a young Duchenne boy, mm-hmm. um, or maybe their family, and or maybe you're helping pay a bill of theirs, which is, you know, you can't even imagine like the bills that these oh, families have and incur. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's a dollar towards finding the cure, which they're closer than ever, um, but still yet very, very far away, very distant from actually finding one. The reason why it resonates so much with me, and this is what I, I encourage everybody to like, do is just find something that resonates with you because you know you have an emotional draw to it maybe it affects your family like in my case you know i have the clap family on my dad's side they um they had they have three beautiful boys and two of the boys have duchenne muscular dystrophy and um, matthew sadly passed away a, a, a while ago by now and um it took matthew's passing for me kind of to even and i was very young i was 18 it kind of took uh, like his passing for me to realize like, Oh my God, like this is horrible. I mean, this is just like, we need to do more about this. And that was my reasoning for wanting to integrate the charity with my racing and racing gives you a great platform, just like 
whether you're any kind of athlete or you're CEO of a company, I mean, like you have the tools and you have this great platform, you might, you might as well use it to do something good with it. And at the same time, and for me, it was, it was an emotional draw. And my, my cousin, Jordan, who's currently living with Duchenne, kid is a, is a one hell of a fighter and uh, he's got a really great personality and he's got a really great mindset about his disease. And what's so cool about like Jordan and his particular situation is like Jordan is not, um, I mean, I know he's, I know he's upset and scared, but at the same time, he's got his personality just as vibrant. And I think anybody that is around Jordan and knows Jordan just thinks of Jordan as this beam of like fresh air and light. And and what David, whom um, is very healthy and a successful athlete and actually is coaching a lacrosse team and, and has a really great job. Um, you know, it's hard for David because, you know, David probably, you know, I, I know he does. I know he has kind of some, you know, remorse and like, why, why them and why not me? And, um, it's it's a really tough situation to constantly deal with. And I think really like paying it forward is just about having empathy for people. I mean, you, you can't go throughout, you cannot, with all the millions of people that you are able to touch through motorsports, you can't go through your career in life without having em- empathy for others and just wanting to do something good. So I just urge people to just whatever makes them happy, whatever emotional draw you get from something, like be a part of something. Yes, it's so important. And I'll tell you, after talking to now 1,043 people here on Cars, yeah, that's one of the secrets of a happy life I've taken away is people that find something to give back and expect nothing get so much out of that in life. It's such an important part of life and feeling good about yourself and about others so, so important. So I'm glad you could share that with us. And a big shout out to Jordan. Keep up the fight. Uh, what a tremendous young man out there uh, and part of your family that's uh, uh, working hard here to overcome. A, a, uh, I can't even imagine the challenges, but uh, you go, buddy. Jordan. Yeah, well, you go. Ho- hopefully, hopefully people will be able to meet him again. He's he's popular. He's been to several <laughs> no <races>. doubt. <laughs> he's he's called the start of races before the right. you know actually what did, what did he say when he I think it was drivers and Shay start your because <laughs> I was the only girl for the longest time. And, oh, I love uh, it. And and they and and they're supposed to be coming to our next race, Watkins Glen, at the uh, end of June. So nice, nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll make it out. Nice job, Jordan. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Shay. If you were a car or a race car, what would you be and why? Well, this is going to sound rehearsed, and it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I would love to be a race car, and in, in particular, I would love to be the Lamborghini GT3 because it is everything that I am focusing on. There is no secret to my current um, motivation in that I'm very happy to be in the Trofeo paddock, the super Trofeo paddock with Lamborghini. Um, I'm driving the brand new Evo, but my heart and uh, wants and desires and needs um, lead me to GT3. I used to say, you know, I'm happy to stay in the United States, but now that I have the fortune of going over to Italy to compete in the world finals um, and the championship race uh, for North America Mm -hmm. um, with Martin Barkey, my my teammate, I I definitely want to go see the world, you know, racetrack to racetrack. If I, if I could be anything right at the moment, any race car at the moment, it would be, it'd be that GT3 Lamborghini because that, that is, that's what I'm striving for. So we'll see, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds exciting. Well, fantastico as they will say in Italy when you show up at the track. So very, very exciting. Well, Shay, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles. 
since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yow listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYOW upon checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Jay, we are entering the last lap, a place you've been many times. The white flag is out, that checkered is in the distance, so it's time to put your foot into it. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Lamborghini throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever, or racing advice you've ever received? Um, I'm going to go with something that is uh, really fresh in my memory, and it might might seem really simple, and it's because it is. A good friend of mine sent me a video uh, recently, and it was just before my first race of the season, um, and it's about taking the word bad when when things are hitting the fan everything's bad around you change that word bad to good if you think about it if you have a bad qualifying well good because now you have a chance to perfect your racecraft or make the changes yeah if you have a bad moment in business you know maybe you know i I don't know you know you just got you got to substitute the word bad for good if you if you really kind of think about that and and i always have related it directly to you know, my motor racing career and what's happening trackside, because sometimes there's a lot, especially when you're a woman of wearing a lot of different roles and positions and, and um, you realize that you're being overloaded, you know, it's, it's not a bad way to think about things. It's actually a good way to think about things because I feel like I have this competitive advantage. So just substitute all just in anything and everything, just substitute the word bad for good. It's a great way to think. I I've done the same thing in the past. Don't ever use the word. I have a problem. Always say I have a challenge because it changes your mindset. It just twists your mind into a much better performing machine than, oh my gosh, I've got a problem. 
Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Be active, work out. When I'm pissed off, I go run. <laughs> uh, when <laughs> Important. I, you know, it's, it's great for physical health, obviously, but it's great for um, mental health. And I use a lot of it for mental health. Um, you know, there's the, the power of sweat. I don't know what it is, but if you can just get out there and exert your body and, and your energy and your me- mental focus to some relief and, you know, sweat it out there, there's definitely some endorphins that you can release. And, and I would just say that for me, you know, it, it's a part of my career and it's a part of my life. You know, I'm not a workout aholic because sometimes it's hard to find the time. But I mean, I'm pretty much either in the gym, running, doing something once a day, even if it's only for 30 minutes. Yeah, there you go. Great advice. Now, there are lots of great resources these days. Is there one in particular you'd love to share with the Cars yeah audience? Oh, well, I mean, you know, you can always follow me on social media. All my social media. There you go. <laughs> I, that's fine. A I little, can provide you with, a little, provide you with plenty of. <laughs> A little self-promotion is always encouraged here at Cars. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ask you at the end to uh, announce how people can follow you. So hold that thought. okay? I love it. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or racing that's living or deceased, who would that individual be? Oh, my gosh. If I could arrange to have a drink with anybody in the automotive industry. Gosh, that is such a good question. (laughs) Kind of fun. Kind of fun. I I know. You know, honestly, this is this is a. A really kind of no, I know what it's. I'm going to go with Kimi Rakkinen. I just oh yeah, you know, we were just we were just talking about him on. Um, I was uh, with another friend and we were discussing some of the F1 drivers and and I don't follow F1 quite as closely. Um, although I did actually walk the entire race or almost the entire race Sunday morning with the Monaco Grand Prix. But uh, Kimi Rakkinen is somebody that is so astronomically opposite probably than I am, and I think the guy <laughs> is super captivating. I mean, they call him Iceman for a reason. I just think his swagger, I, I just think it'd be very entertaining to be to share a drink with Kimi Rackin. And of course, that famous quote, don't bother me, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While he was on the track, the Iceman indeed. Oh man, I would love, I think partying with that guy would be even more fun though. I hear he has quite a good time <laughs> off the track. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? I don't even like read anymore unless I'm trying to learn something. Um, but I will share, and, and I'm it, the, the name of the title is uh, escaping me. Um, but if if you are if you are wanting to understand data acquisition more, if you're wanting to understand how to utilize your data acquisition, whether it's MoTeC, AIM, whatever you want to call it. There is, and I can, and I, and if you follow me on social media um, and ask me the question or I'll put it out there, I'll, I'll get the name of the book and the author, but it's called like the squiggly line, like the MoTeX, more in particularly MoTeX focused, but ha- learning how to understand squiggly lines because it, that, and the reason why I bought the book, even, you know, recently I bought the book was because I feel like I can always learn more. And also as a young driver, I didn't, I was late to the party on squiggly lines. I was late to the party on like knowing what data acquisition was and being able to pull the data, interpret the data, which is, you know, great. You can pull the data, but can you interpret it? I was late to all of that. And I think that kind of put me behind the curve for the first couple of years, just because it wasn't something that was in my craft at the moment. Uh, I did a lot of things based off of feel. That would be my recommendation if you're a racing driver, an engineer, or somebody that's just interested in understanding like the engineering side of what we go through. I mean, the because we can't be in a race car all the time, those squiggly lines on a computer screen mean quite a lot. So and you're <laughs> yeah. you know, not so some hey, listen, some people are looking for 
thousandths, some tenths, some seconds. That book in particular um, would, would help. And I can get you exactly who the book name, I believe it's Squiggly Lines and, um, and the author. So, Shay, the book you're talking about, I believe, is Making Sense of Squiggly Lines. It's subtitled The Basic Anal- Analysis of Race Car Data Acquisition. Does that sound like the right book by Christopher Brown? Uh, Chris is going to kill me for not remembering <laughs> that. But, Mark, listen, you're hired, okay, okay. for one. There you and go. secondly, Chris Brown, there's your shameless plug. So when <laughs> yes. I'm using your new expensive MoTeCh camera integration to my data, um, here's your here's the shameless plug for him. And uh, <laughs> hopefully I can get a return phone call if we're ever having any, um, oh my God, last minute, I need your help. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, well, Chris, don't pick on her too much because I've asked her a lot of questions. She's very busy. I'm lucky to get this time from her today. So uh, don't hold it against her. But don't worry, because I'm going to list that book along with all these great things you've shared with the Shea on your Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Shea, S-H-E-A, Holbrook. That page will pop up along with Chris's book about squiggly lines. Very cool. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, Shay, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, vintage race car, toy car, anything kind of fun to have in your garage. And money is no object. I'm the big sponsor today. I'm writing that big, giant golf check they bring out to the winner at the end of the tournament. What would that car be and why? You know, it's interesting you ask that because I was just having a conversation, as I seem to have always been just having a conversation about um, <laughs> about cars and, and people, et cetera. Well, you know, if, for me, um, you know, I, I got to be, be frank. Um, this is going to sound bad, but I'm really not like a collector's person. I'm, <laughs> and I... I don't even consider myself like a car guru, um, but there is one thing that I do know, and that is I don't care so much about the car and what it stands for, but what I do care about is the performance of the vehicle. Ah. And I want to be in the in possibly the fastest, um, most capable car that okay. I that I can think of. And one car that comes to mind, relatively new, hasn't even the allocation of the car hasn't even, um, you know, hit any, any, uh, dealers or not dealers, but, uh, customers, uh, clients, but there is a new Mercedes AMG project one. This car has been very much so anticipated. It's about, it's just under $3 million. I, there's a very small allotment that's coming to the U S um, and in the world actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, I think the performance of the vehicle would be something that would be very fun on track. And if I was just spending money or you were, I'm sorry, if you were just <laughs> yes. spending money, you're spending my and, money today. <laughs> um, yes. If you were, if I was spending your money, um, I think it's a great investment. Um, it, you know, I'm excited about those AMG products. Uh, I'm also doing a lot of uh, coaching for them on their, uh, AMG uh, Mercedes Drive Academy. So I think that would be the car at the moment if I just had to, you know, gosh, help you spend your money right okay. now. That would probably okay. Be the car. Oh, my goodness. Well, you picked something pretty special because you picked something that doesn't exist yet. I mean, it does on paper and <laughs> prototypes, but and this is going to be a little hard for me, but that's okay. I think I can figure it out. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this car, you got to Google it because obviously Mercedes AMG performance. It's got a 1.6 liter Mercedes Benz, uh, I think what they call the PU106C. It's a hybrid twin turbocharged motor. This thing rocks. It rocks. 1,020 horsepower, eight speed single clutch transmission. I mean, it's insane. You're going to have fun with this thing. So, uh, but I might have to pick it up and drive it over to Italy from Germany just to meet you at the track there and hand the keys over. Cause I, <laughs> 
I think I want to enjoy this thing a little bit before I have to hand it off. Wow, what a car. Well, it would only be appropriate for you to at least get a lap or two in the car prior well, I, to handing it over. I tell you what we'll do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you take me around and show me the lines so that, you know, from an expert so that I can, I don't damage your car when I go through a corner too fast. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> right, because I just because I read the book squiggly lines, right? <laughs> well, I'm counting on you. You know, I've, I used to race, but I have not raced in a long time, so I think I need a little guidance so you can be my coach. And I'm I'd be more than thrilled and honored to have you uh, sitting in the left seat coaching me. Wow. Well, Shay, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I know I've kept you a little longer than normal, but I really appreciate your time. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing racing journey with the Cars Yeah audience this week, where I'm promoting women of racing. I love it. Could you give us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that Mercedes AMG Project One? Godspeed. (laughs) There you go. That's best words I've heard, especially if I'm at the wheel. I love it. What's the best way? Now, here's your chance. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? your business and your team and what you're up to. Well, you can always go to shayracing.com, but if you really want to, you know, chat and offline and, and uh, have more of a conversation or keep the conversation going, I love social media. It's a great outlet to communicate with your supporters and get your messaging out and just be fun and light and uh, allow everybody to be a part of your journey in, in multiple ways. Um, you can go to my social media accounts, essentially if you type in Shay Racing or Shay Holbrook, um, I'll pop up on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Don't try to hit me up on Snapchat because I don't even use it. The only reason why I use Snapchat is to view what my nieces are up to. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> or if it's too late, or if it's too late of a night, sometimes you might find me on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, making funny faces or making your voice change a little bit. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, social media is a great outlet. So just feel free to reach out, and uh, I do my best to always chat back with everybody because it uh, it means a lot. So thank you. Absolutely, I put links to all these great ways to contact with Shay and follow along with her racing on her Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Shay Holbrook. Or you can go to any of these Facebook and Instagram and all this cool social media. Follow along with this young woman is up to because you can tell now after uh, listening to her for a while here, this is a lady full of energy who's going places, already been there and going to even higher mountaintops. Shay, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!